This is a new episode of Paint Podcast. Your church, your podcast. Welcome to Panama International Church Podcast, the podcast where we believe that all the scripture is inspired by God Man. and also is useful. Useful for teaching, it's useful for correction, it's useful for our daily life. And because of that, we created this podcast with the help of God and many people here in the church with the motivation to motivate you to read the Bible, to know that the Bible is not yeah. just a book, it's not a collection of poetry or history, it's the living word of God, and that word can be useful in our life yes. daily. So in this podcast, we're going to have a guest in every episode, an expert, a pastor, a missionary, somebody who has experience in a project or something like that. But more importantly, a person who is a believer, somebody who believes in God, who also believes in the power of the Word of God. And based on that, we're going to talk about a, a specific topic or a project, and then always having the, this question in mind, that what does the Bible said about this, Amen. because the Bible is the foundation of the church, but also of this podcast. And we are so happy to have as our first guest, no other than Pastor Paul Soko. He is the interim pastor of Panama International Church. He was born in California in the United States. He has been living in different places in the world, in China, in Mexico, now here in Panama. So, Pastor, can you introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us about your experience as Christian? Where do you okay. decided to be a follower of Christ? All right. Hey, John, it's good to be with you, and I appreciate the invite for the podcast. And, well, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I became a Christ follower when I was 19 years old. And I was, it was a first-year university student, and so I was in studying to be a teacher. And, and then I, went, I was attending a little country church. And I heard the gospel preached and, you know, just started to read the word, but I didn't understand it, of course. You know, the word is, can be difficult to understand, and I was just exploring. But I gave my life to Christ that first year in the University of North Dakota. And then I just started getting into the book, and it's been now 34 years ago. And so I just say praise the Lord for that. <laughs> yes, that's, that's an amazing testimony. And you are now the pastor here at Panama International yes, Church. Yes, the interim can, pastor here. Can you tell for how long have you been here in Panama and in this church? Okay, so I've been in Panama for about seven years. And so in this church, about five years, a little over five years. And then the interim pastor for 11 months. And so... And we're very glad to have you here. So We are so blessed yeah, to have thank you, John. pastor here with us. And as I was telling you at the beginning of, of this episode, in a, each episode, we're going to talk about an, a specific topic. And today, we're going to talk about the different Bible versions and their wonders. And just to have some fun facts, so to speak. And I was so amazed to read about this, like, just in English and in my app, my new Bible version app, right. and this is not an endorsement to the app, it's just the app I use, you can find 68 versions in English of the Bible, yeah. 68, that's a lot. In Spanish, you can find 
very different versions of the Bible. And I was even more surprised that you can find no one but two versions of the Bible in the Guna language wow. of the Guna people from here in Panama and some parts of Colombia. That's awesome. so, and you can find versions of the Bible in Quechua, which is another native people language from right. South America, and many others. And I was so surprised, particularly with the Guna one, because I was say, oh, you can find that in an app, a version of the Bible in right. that language. That's awesome. So we have no excuse, <laughs> I will say. So with that in mind, the first question I have for you, and it's a very simple and basic one, Pastor, but it's very important. Why we have so many different versions of the Bible? Why we don't have maybe just one in English? Mm -hmm. Why we have so many different? That's a good question, John. You know, just off the top of my head, I would say that it's sort of reflective of the times, right? You know, we have different iPhones, versions, and models of everything. And so it coincides with the time. If you went 50 years back, there weren't, there were maybe a handful of versions and translations of the Bible. But in the last 50 years, it's really exploded. And I think that there's different reasons for it. There's different philosophies in translating the Bible. There's different, now they found many manuscripts and they're translating from those manuscripts and and just also words need to be updated. Bibles, you know, words change and things like that. And so there needs to be revisions. And so I think that I look at it as a positive thing. And I really do because I believe that using those different versions is sort of like a diamond. It's multifaceted. So each version kind of gives you a little bit of a different perspective. It has the same meaning, but it comes at it maybe with some different words and and so I really, I usually have about two or three or four or five translations that I'm using at one time when I study the Word of God. And Well, that, that's very interesting because my next, my next question is, well, I don't know if I can ask you this, but I am going you to. You go for it, bro. <laughs> what, do you have a favorite version? I do. You know, I would say, first of all, it's dependent on what I'm trying to accomplish. Like if I'm studying the Bible, I really like the New King James Version or the New American Standard Bible or the English Standard Version. But if I'm just doing straight devotional reading, then I like the NIV and then the New Living Translation. But if you cornered me, now I'm just going to come out with it, and you put me in a corner, you said you can only take one Bible into that room or in that corner, then I'm going with the NIV. And I mean, and I think that's a big favorite. It is. For I would people. say it's the most popular translation in the English language. And there is a particular reason you can say that? I would just say that I feel like it's very balanced in the fact and how it, you know, approaches the translation to some translations. They're more on the side of a literal word for word translation and worried about, you know, the grammar and the sentence structure. Others, like the New Living Translation, focus more on the meaning of the text or the verse. But the, I believe the NIV has that balance of both sides, and so I really enjoy the NIV. And it just kind of flows. I like the flow of the NIV and, and the reading of it. So when I'm reading devotionally, I really, and studying as well, I use the NIV. Yes, and one of, one of the reasons I was so excited to have you here is because you are a history guy like me. Ah. You, you know a lot of history. And I remember one of the messages you have in the church, you were sharing with us that I think you can correct me, 
but all different versions of the Bible came from three basic languages, right? From Hebrew, right. Aramaic, Aramaic, and Greek. And Greek. And do you have like why is the reason we have these three basic languages in the Bible? Well, you know the originals. The original autographs, we don't have. They don't exist. So there's manuscripts, there's copies, handwritten, you know, written text. But, you know, the originals, the New Testament was written in Greek, and then the Old Testament was written in Hebrew with parts of it in Aramaic. And so that's why I referred back to those three languages. But, of course, there's been copies and translations into multiple languages, and, you know, like you mentioned, And now the translations, I don't know in how many countries and how many languages and dialects, but it's amazing. And and the New Testament was written in Greek because that was like the, the language of the, the language yeah, of the time. Of the time. So Greek was like English is for us, right? I would say so, yes. Yes, it was like the lingua franca said exactly some, some people. But if we come to read the Old Testament, that is in Hebrew and Aramaic, right? There's a parts, just parts. very small parts of it were written in Aramaic. But there's a Greek translation of the Old Testament that was written before Christ, which is called the Septuagint. And so that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Oh. So maybe it's a good idea to have some basis <laughs> of Greek when we study the Bible. And I remember many many pastors use, uses works from Greek to understand the real meaning of It the Bible. True. And I think that's why we have the translations because, you know, we don't speak Greek or Hebrew, so we need the translation in our language, but it would be, you know, it's if a person knows Greek or Hebrew, then that's just added right there. They can go and read it in that language. Yes, yeah, so and I want to go back to the new international version you were saying. There is like some strand we can identify Just to say, comparing the NIV versus the New Living Translation, which mm -hmm. another is another very popular version of the Bible. Right? Can you identify some strengths in one of the other one? Strengths? Yes. Okay. So, like the NIV, the so you know, like I was mentioning earlier, you have some translations that are more on the side of you know being a literal translation, a word for word. Like if I said to you, "Cuántos años tienes?" How would you literally translate that into English? You would translate, you know, how many years do you have? Yes. And then, or, you know, in English, we would say, how old are you? And so there would be different ways to translate it as long as you're not changing the meaning of it. And so, uh, so I would say a strength of the NIV is that it taps into both sides of, It doesn't go as far as the New American Standard Bible and the New King James Version of having that, you know, really concentrating and focusing on the literal word for word. Uh, but it it's right in the middle there where the New Living Translation more examines the text and then writes in English really what it's meaning, the overall meaning of the verse or the text that you're reading. But the New Living Translation is kind of right in the middle, and it, it encompasses both things. So I think when you read the New Living Translation, what's so awesome about that is the first time I read it through was in 2002, and I read the whole New Living Translation, and it really just was just a dynamic thing for me because when you read it, it devotionally like I was reading it and everything, you just see so much of the meaning in it and everything is there's a lot of clarity to it. Whereas, 
you know, I would always study from the, uh, you know, originally from the King James and then the New King James Version and then the New American Standard Bible. And that is, you know, I'd really want to look at the words and where the meanings came from. But then I got into the NIV and the NIV just seemed to have the best of both worlds for me. So that's, that's your sweet point. That's my sweet point. Now, all translations, you know, uh, well, I won't say all translations are good because there's some that aren't good. But, you know, the ones that I mention and, you know, the more popular translations that I mention, I think they're, they all have a part. And, you know, I think that we should utilize that. And, and it's a strength. Yes. And now that we are talking about these particular versions, the NIB and then New Living Translation or NLT, I can share with you some fun facts about these two versions. Sounds good. And for instance, the New International Version was published in 1978. So it's not an old version. No, it's it's not. very recent. And over 100 scholars work in this translation from Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts, as we were talking about. Right. And one of the interesting things that I, I found when I was, you know, reading about this version, and, and it, it kind of, a little bit is like very obvious. The fact that if you have a printed version of almost any Bible, you can find a preface or an introduction at the beginning of that Bible describing that translation, that particular variation of the, yeah. of the Bible. And one of the things I read in the NIB version, they say, and this is a quotation, that that Bible was created to recreate as far as possible the experience of the original audience. What do you understand with that? What we should understand with that? that? Well, you know, I think it's important when you translate, and that's why there's constantly being new translations. Yes. That you know that we're learning a lot about more about the culture of that time and the customs of that time and what ancient words mean. And so they're recreating it as it's important to know the context and the culture and everything so that you'll understand that. And I think the NIV it brings it across very clearly. And it not only has accuracy, but it has the readability to the NIV, you know, I really like. But I believe they do a great job on the NIV of, you know, like you said, recreating that. Yes. On the other hand, the New Living Translation was published in 1996, which is even more recent. I, I even will say that the NLT is a more millennial version of the That's Bible. True. It's very modern. And, and a lot of millennials use it. Yes. And 90 Bible scholars work in this translation. And awesome. one of the interesting things is that you can find those scholars on the internet. It's true. You can search, you can Google it. So if you are curious, you can read about the people who work in this translation of the Bible. And they were people who were from seminars, from universities in the United States. So maybe you 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 met some of them. Yes, uh, or, or I've many... studied their commentaries yes. actually. And and like I said, we've had so much of an information influx, you know, as it relates to the Bible and translations. That's why more and more translations have been coming out. And, and you have these scholars and, you know, I remember reading and studying commentaries 30 years ago. And then now in the last five, 10 years, things that I never read 30 years ago that are coming out that, bring more clarity, you know, to the what the Bible says. Yes, and because we're talking about the Bible, I think it's very important to look at what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about having 
these many translation and things. There is any Bible verse that can support the importance of these translations? As far as, well, you know, the Bible in the original language was written and then afterwards copies. And so we don't have the originals. And so the need for translation arises because of the different languages around the world. And so people can have a copy. I remember when I got to Mexico, they told me, Reina Valera, 1960. Yes. And so I started reading, you know, the Reina Valera, 1960. And I noticed that I try to compare it to what is it most like? And I, after a long time, I realized that it was a lot like the New American Standard Bible. And so I think the translations became of necessity. And I think I heard you say, John, you know, in the Middle Ages, you mentioned that the elites were the ones that had uh, the access to the Bible, it wasn't the common yes. folk. Yes. And so, uh, you know, the, I would say the Protestant Reformation really changed things and it brought the Bible to sola scriptura, or scripture alone, and it elevated the importance of scripture and the need for scripture that is authoritative and that is important you know, in the Christian faith. It's not, the authority doesn't rest in the pope or a priest, but the authority is the word of God. And so I think after that, then we start, you know, you have, Wycliffe before that, and then Martin Luther and the Tyndale Bible and the King James Bible, and then later on in the late 1800s, and then you started getting, you know, the, the I think the Revised Standard Bible, and then the translations in the 1900s and even to the 2000s now. Yes, that's very important that you highlighted that. The fact that back in the Middle Ages, the Bible was not accessible it's for true. everyone. Only the priests, only the leaders of the church. And there was just one church, at least in Europe. Right. So now the fact that we have so many and it's so, it's so accessible. Like you can use That's your right. phone. Yeah. You can use many different technologies to access the Bible. It's right. an absolute blessing for us. But I want also to push you, you know. You're pushing me yeah, hard. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit out of, you know, the box. The of comfort, comfort zone, zone here. Yes. This and, is the first podcast. You yes. got to go easy on me, John. Yeah. You can't be pushing too hard. Yeah, but you know. well, at least I will have one, you know, top question. This no, is, you go for it. This is our top question. And you know that there are some churches, some denominations right. that kind of prohibited or I will say discouraged people to read a different version of the Bible. Some denominations say, oh, this is our translation. Right. This is our version. And we should read only this one. Right. How do you think we as Christians should, you know, face that reality? Well, you know, actually many years ago, I belonged to a church where they had that exact philosophy. And of course, decades ago, I pulled out of that, you know, uh, community environment because, you know, you realize the truth that uh, there's different translations and that, and so, you know, I understand what they explain, why they use, you know, it was a King James Version church, and they only use that version and everything. But uh, I disagree with them. And as you know, I pulled out decades ago. But I, I don't tend to, you know, it's not so important to me what other churches are saying. What's important, you know, it is because I want there to be truth. 
And I hope that those churches, if they're using you know, only one translation, that they're preaching the truth. If they're not preaching the truth, then that's a problem. That's error. But God has put me here at paint, and so I focus on shepherding the people here and making sure that, you know, to share the word of God and to share truth and to people to understand that if they're using the New Living Translation or the NIV or the New King James Version or the Reina Valera or the NTV or the NVI, that those are all the word of God. Yes, that's, that's very important. And I think maybe one misunderstanding of like people can misunderstand the fact that, yes, we have these so many different versions of the Bible, but the word of God is the same. It's the same. It's the same yesterday, it's the same today, yeah. it's the same forever. It's not that we are reading a new Bible. It's true. So, so what I would say, John, is like you look at different translations and it may be worded a little bit differently, but it, as long as they're not changing the meaning. Yes. So I'll give you an example. Like John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning the, the, word was with, uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know later that John says that the Word is Jesus. And so it says the Word is God. So that's a beautiful thing there. And so in the translations, it lets us know the deity of Christ, that Jesus Christ is God. If you go to the New World Translation, which is a Jehovah's Witnesses, and it says, and the word was a God, small g. So that is not only a change in translation, that's a change in the meaning, where Jesus Christ is not God, he's a little, with a little g. And so if you have a translation that's changing the meaning of what, what it, you know, then that's a problem. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I, I can take, I want to take this for, to make a short pause where I'm going to make some announcement. And I want also to remember you to follow the different social media accounts, not just of this podcast, but also of Panama International Church, mm -hmm. because we are a church, you know, where we want to welcome everybody. It doesn't matter where you came from. We are a church with, you know, wide open arms to yes. welcome you and that's, to show you right. the love of God. So you can follow our social media. And it's not just for the numbers. It's because we want to make a connection with you. That's we, right. have, we want to have a relationship with you. So we're going to make a pause. And in 30 seconds, we're going to get back to this podcast with the final part and another important question for our guest, Paul, Pastor Paul Sokol. Thank you, John. You are listening to Paint Podcast, your church, your podcast. We are back at Panama International Church Podcast, the podcast where we believe that all scripture is inspired by God yes. and is useful. And because it is useful, we should use it. That's right. And one of the last questions I have for our guest, Pastor Paul, is as you were saying, like, the difference between some translation maybe can make people think that there are some contradictions right. between different Bibles. But we were saying it's the same Bible. It's the same it's the word same, of God. Right. But my question will be how we should address people who are saying this, right. that there's contradictions in the different versions of the Bible. Right. What we should say to well, them? Well, maybe we might ask them directly if they're thinking of one in particular. And if that's the case, then, you know, we address it as what their contradiction or their question might be. But, you know, just if I'm thinking 
a contradiction somebody might say in the King James Bible, and I'm going to go with the first verse of the Bible. In Genesis, it says 1-1, and God created the heaven and the earth. The NIV says the exact same thing with one letter changed. It says, and God created the heavens and the earth. So what is the difference there, John? There's more than one heaven? The difference is that the King James uses the word heaven, and then the, the NIV uses, and the other translations use the word heavens. And so is that a contradiction? I don't think so. I, I, Some might say it's a contradiction, but it's not, because when you translate that Hebrew word, it can be translated into the plural or it can be translated into the singular, and it doesn't change the meaning. God did create the heaven, and yes. he created the heavens. And so both are accurate and both are right. There's no contradiction there. But I'm thinking of another one uh, where Peter, in Matthew 18, he said, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother or my sister? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, not, you know, not seven times. He said 77 times in the NIV. But in the New Living Translations, it's, it's Jesus says seven times 70. So the NIV says 77. And the New Living Tra Translation says 70 times, seven times 70, which would be what? 490. Yeah. So 77 and 490, there's a contradiction <laughs> there. But the meaning is that it's an infinite amount of times yeah. that I should forgive my brother. And there's a reason for that contradiction because it, it, that what Jesus is saying references back to the book of Genesis chapter 4. And so one of the translations is taking the reference back from Genesis 4 from the Greek translation, the Septuagint, and then the other translation is taking it from the Hebrew. It's just like Messiah and Christ. You see Messiah, and then yeah. you see Christ. One is the Greek and one is the Hebrew. And so there's contradictions like that. But what I gave you with the New World Translation, and then like the evangelical, the Protestant translations, a lot of them, that they change meanings of verses. And when verses, the meaning is changed, and what it's trying to express in the meaning, then that's a problem. If it's changing the doctrine or the teaching of Christ. Oh, wow. I think we need an hour with Pastor Paul. <laughs> I don't know about that. To talk about all these things. It's amazing how many things you know. But for the glory of God, I'm it, sure. It's, everything it's been years. You got me going back into the files of my mind. <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you here with those files in your mind. And for my final question, I would like to know, Pastor Dyke, as a result of our conversation, I think we can say that there is a positive thing yes. of having so many different versions of the Bible. Definitely. But I would like to know, in your opinion, how we can use this as an advantage right. to share the truth of Jesus with others. Right. Because it's not something we should just keep for us. Right. We want to share that with others. What would you say about that? Well, it's important. You know, the gospel message is con contained in the scripture. It says, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's important to share the scripture. And I think there's different ways to do that. Like we said, the New Living Translation shares the meaning and the message of scripture. And so I think it's important that we share our testimony with people and we bring in the Bible into that. We share our faith story, our faith journey. 
But then also, you know, I've heard of people reading the Bible and really God getting a hold of their heart. And so I think one of the best, best gifts you can give someone, especially someone who is exploring Christianity, is the Word of God. But not to leave them alone. You give them the Word of God and then be there to answer their questions. I'm thinking of like Acts, Acts chapter 8. There was this Ethiopian eunuch in the desert, yes. and the Holy Spirit brought Philip, and he says, do you understand what you're reading in Isaiah? And he said, how can I unless you know, someone explains it to me? And so I think we can use the Bible, give it out, and it, and it will generate conversations. Uh, people that are coming, maybe that are new in the faith, It'll encourage them to read the Bible and to be in the Word every day and build that relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's got to be more than just giving someone a Bible. That's why here at Paint, we focus on life groups and discipleship and really teaching people the Bible so that their lives will be transformed forever. We want people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and then them to experience life transformation, discipleship, learning to live it out, their faith out in the world by, yes. by getting in the Word. Thank you for that answer, Pastor. And I would like also to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to have you here, to have a conversation, because that's what we want to trigger with this podcast. We want to, to motivate conversations about the right. Bible, because it's not just to have you know, the Bible in the middle of your table without any action. Right. As you say, we should also take the time to share the Bible with others. Right. So we can start with a podcast, but you can also, you know, accompany somebody reading the Bible, maybe answer the questions right. they have exactly. about the, the Bible. And also uh, in this podcast, we believe in also in the power of prayer. Yes. And that's the reason I would like also to ask you for a closing prayer before sure. we say goodbye to our audience. Can you pray for yes. us? Yes, and I want to say thank you, John. Thank you for inviting me. And I just love the Word of God. And I fell in love with the Word of God. I became a Christ follower. And for me, it's been a journey, and I'm still learning. And I want to encourage those, you know, believers out there. And no matter if you're from Panama International Church or another church, get in the Word daily <laughs> and read the book, read the Bible. It'll change your life. Amen. Can you pray for us? Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we just are so grateful for the launch of this podcast. We're thankful for John and we're thankful for our podcast team here. And God, we just pray now as people will be watching this, listening to this, and as it goes out, God, that it wouldn't, as the Bible says, it would, it would bear fruit. And God, that people would hear this and it would be my heart's desire would be that they would be motivated and encouraged to start getting into the Word of God and start exploring it, read it, make it a part of their everyday life. And God, we thank you for your Word. And so, Lord, we just pray now, God, that you would just continue to bless this ministry, this podcast ministry, and, Lord, that it would, like I said, bear much fruit and lives would be transformed for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen. So I want to say thank you to all people who take the time to listen or to watch the first episode of the Panama International Church podcast. We want to invite you not just to keep listening to the podcast in next episodes we are going right. to have with different guests, but also to follow the different social media of the church, of Panama International Church, and also to leave some comments 
We want to trigger those conversations. Right. If you can, you want to share your favorite Bible version, right. that will be awesome to know what kind of Bible you read. What is your favorite Bible verse? Because everybody has a different one. That's true. And that's the riches of having a community around you. So thank you for taking this time. And remember that the Bible is a scripture inspired by God and mm -hmm. is useful. So go and use it. Bye.